good stuff, and I sincerely do hope and pray you've had a, an awesome, blessed week. Hope and pray you've had an awesome, blessed weekend, and you're having a blessed Sunday. We're so thankful that you're here, learning and growing, worshiping with us this morning. So thank you for being here. We love you. I'd like to also welcome anybody joining us, watching us this morning online. We're glad that you're there. To put something in the chat, something in the message board where we can see you. Uh, one of our online facilitators are there for all of your prayer needs. Amen. So, y'all bear with me. If this thing keeps crackling, I'm going to switch to this handheld mic. But uh, as most of y'all are well aware, we were supposed to have uh, Pastor Rod and Mary Aguilar come this weekend, come this morning to minister, and, and something uh, came up short term, and so they were not able to make the trip to both campuses this weekend. And so, this week, I was just spending time with the Lord, and, uh, praying and worshiping. I'm going to go ahead and switch to this mic because I don't think it's going to work. Check, check, can you hear me? Okay. Sorry about that. So this week, I've just been spending time with the Lord and praying uh, and worshiping and just really asking the Lord what, what He wanted me to speak because it was kind of uh, short, short term. I had to come up with a message. And I just felt in my spirit that the Lord, He wants to do something uh, powerful today. But also, I just heard, uh, heard a small, still, little word. And it's a time for, for the church to, 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 to get up. Do you all know that? To get up and to stand up and to fight. And uh, it's so amazing that, Rod, that word you shared this morning, as you were sitting there sharing, I was thinking, uh, he's talking about what I'm fixing to talk about this morning. God is so good, ain't he? So good. The Holy Spirit is always right on time. I hope you know that. And so I'm really excited to share this little standalone message with you, and it's near and dear to my heart because I felt clearly that I heard clearly from the Lord. And so before I give you the title of the message, if you got your neighbor, I want you to tell him, say, hey, it's time to get up. Look at your other neighbor if you got two neighbors and say, hey, wake up. Yeah. Amen. And I hope you know that if you pay attention to everything that's going on in this, this crazy, dark, sick, and disgusting world at times, uh, it's time for the church of, of Jesus Christ. You know, church is more than just a building. It's a people. It's time for us to do those two things, to get up, to wake up, to stand up, and the title of my message is, it's time to rise up. It's time to arise. Arise. I love studying out words. Uh, I've always been a word guy. It's amazing the Lord brought me to where he has spiritually. Now I'm preaching and teaching every week. and So I really study out words, and I study his word. But So the word arise is such a small, cool little word. But y'all, as I study out, it means so much. So I want to give you a, a little definition and so, uh, arise defined as to be stirred up. To, to be stirred up, to be awakened, to be prepared for action. I love that. To be stirred up, to be prepared to do something. And to stand or to get up. To stand or to simply just get up. It's actually mentioned 100, the word arise is mentioned 147 times in the King James Version. I think God wants to send a message to us this morning that it's time to wake up, to get up, to be stirred up in the things of God, and to arise. The Lord would show me that to arise is a, it's a, it's a spiritual positioning where I, no matter what's going on, and I know we have some real issues of life, it can be hard. And that's a scheme of the enemy. He wants, the enemy wants you to give up. 
and to stay down, right? To think that all is lost. And God says it's not, right? I know something better. I know somebody higher. And God says it's time to, to wake up. It's not time to be woke, right? It's time to awaken. And you know what? It's exactly opposite. Those who are woke in the name of the U.S. government or woke in the name of liberalism or whatever they want to call it, they're actually the ones that are dead. And they're the ones that are separated. And they stand in virtue signaling that they're the woke ones. And they're the ones that are actually sleepwalking. They're the ones that are slaves to what Rob was talking about, the, the media and the social media and all these things. And church, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves there too. I mean, I repent this morning. Right? I can't be so distracted. I can't be so sucked into the things going on that I miss God. I don't want to miss God. And this morning, God says he don't want you to miss him either. And part of it is, even in your failures, in the, in the midst of all the things going on, you can get up. You can rise up. The Bible says that the righteous fall seven times, but get up eight. So it's not a matter of when you're going to fail. It's just a matter of if and when, right? And so if you are not trusting in God when you fail, you might stay down. God says this morning, it's time to arise. And if not now, when, church? If not now, when? I hope and prayer is that the church in these last days will arise to the occasion. <laughs> you know, every single day, every single morning, there's an opportunity. There's an occasion that God has set before us to stand in truth, minister the gospel, and to help bring other lost people into the light. Amen. So that they can arise and be awakened to God's truth too. Amen. So I want to look at that first point this morning as we get started. I was kind of getting a little ahead of myself. So that first point, it says, In the last days, God is calling his church to wake up and to rise up. Who believes we're in the last days? Amen. If you don't believe that, I'm here to tell you we're in the last days. <laughs> we, we are. And so it's time for us to wake up and to rise up. This is the cool thing. Christ arrived, think of it like this, so that his church could arise. Y'all know Christ has already came. He already defeated sin. He already was crucified, nailed to a cross for our sins. And he arose, it says, on the third day so that you and I can also arise. Arise to freedom, arise in truth, arise in hope, arise in peace, arise in love, arise in forgiveness. Jesus Christ came so that we could all get up. Jesus Christ came so that we could all get that special invitation to come and see and experience God in truth and also get that invitation to go home one day to heaven. You know, this isn't your permanent home, right? And so he arrived, he came. Christ came so we could stand. I want to dive into God's word this morning. Let's look at Ephesians. Chapter 5, verses 13 through 18 I want to give you. And this is an amazing uh, passage of Scripture. It really says everything that I felt like the Lord wanted me to say today. And so it says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake 
up. Y'all say that with me. Wake up. He says, wake up, sleeper. What? Arise. Arise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not to live unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled. Somebody say filled. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit, it says. It says that these days are evil. And to not be sleepwalking uh, in death. To not just be going through the motions, but to wake up, to rise, to be on purpose for God to... For you to see God, for God to use you, and to use you as an instrument of righteousness, to speak through you, to use your life to glorify Him, to invite others to wake up also. Right? The beginning of that passage it says that everything exposed by the light becomes visible. I love that. If we are alive in Christ, we are the shining light of God, we dispel the darkness. Come on, somebody. So it's a dark world, but it can be less dark if we walk and say yes to God and walk in the full potential of Christ and the giftings of God as we walk and dispel the darkness at our workplaces. Dispel the darkness on social media if you use that in pipe things. Dispel the darkness as people are sitting around talking at, at lunch at work about all the, all the crazy stuff and you can stand there and stand in truth and speak in hope and in love. Right? Dispelling the darkness with our words. You can even dispel the darkness with your thoughts. It has to start with your thoughts being transformed and renewed your mind by your thoughts. But your, how do you bring life to your thoughts? Through your words. Your thoughts stay dead in your head if you don't speak them with your, with your mouth. And so we have to not just think life, we have to speak life, right? When Christ comes alive in us, when we come alive in Christ, excuse me, when we say yes to God, when we get born again, he comes alive in us. The light of God shines through us, and he gives us power to continue fighting and getting up, continue the power to, to arise Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, no matter what's going on. I can, it's, it's a spiritual decision that says, you know what, I'm going to arise today, God. I'm going to rise to the occasion, to the opportunities that you set before me today to preach truth, to be a shining light. I'm not going to bushel my lamp. right? I'm going to, I'm going to, what Jesus said, they don't bushel a lamp. That defeats the purpose of the lamp. You put it in the middle of the room, right? I, I want to be, I want to be shown off for his glory. And so that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to make that, that decision on a daily basis. You know what? Today, I'm going to arise. Because you arrived, God. Your promises are yes and amen. I'm going to arise today to what you have for me. So look at that next point. So God very simply says, really, as we just read there in Ephesians, he says, live wisely. The opportunity for you today is to see truth, accept truth, and that truth is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Every day is an opportunity to accept that or deny that. And it's wise to accept that truth, not just for your spiritual well-being here on earth, but also for your eternal destination, right? And to use every day, somebody say every day, as an opportunity to be ready. 
Are you right now spiritually ready? If you were to stand before God right now, are you spiritually ready to hear what he's going to say to you? Is he going to say, enter in, my good and faithful servant? Or is he going to say, depart from me? I never knew you. Those are the two, the two things that are going to come out of his mouth. Do you know that? And so you have an opportunity every day to get right with God. And if you believe that we're in the last days, as most of us share that we all believe, why would you be letting that daily opportunity, that daily grace, just slip through your fingers every single day that you're not getting ready for that day? And that day is going to come, and God's grace is going to end, and his judgment is going to come. And it says everyone is going to stand before him and give an account. Everyone. The president, all those woke folks, all the Christians, the martyrs, those who did things with their faith, they're all going to stand. Right? And so every day is an opportunity for us to get ready. So if I say anything, I want to say to you today, get ready. Get right with Jesus. It's not worth it. Whatever your sin is, whatever that thing is you're holding on to, whatever that thing is you're not ready to let go of, that thing you keep telling God, nah, nah, do it tomorrow, do it tomorrow. Tomorrow may not come. I know that sounds cliche, but it may not come. Right? That thing that you're going to hold on to is not worth your eternity. Right? Our life is just a blimp, right? Just a 70, 80, 90 years is nothing on the scale of an eternal scale. Right? It's not worth it. So that, that last part of that point, it says we must also use our time to warn others, right? It's not just about us. I want you to get right. But when you, come, when you come to the light and you rise up and you begin to see the truth of God, right, your, your heart begins to break for those who are lost, right? And so we need to use that time to warn others about their own spiritual, somebody say, own spiritual condition, Right? And I'm not talking about preaching hell, fire, and damnation. I mean, you can do that, but most people don't generally receive that, right? They receive the gospel, the real gospel through your testimony in your life of what God has done. That's what they receive. And so when you, when you rise up and you, you, you've become an awakened to the truth of God, now God wants to use you as a vessel to, to invite and inspire others to come and do the same thing, right? And so every day is a moment for us to arise to that occasion that is set before us. That invitation to change the world. You know, signs, miracles, and wonders are supposed to follow us, Pastor Keith always says, right? We're not supposed to be chasing signs, miracles, and wonders. They should be following our lives. Other people should be inspired and invited by looking at my life, what I'm doing for God, for them to come and say, you know what, man, this, this, this Jesus guy might be real because... I see what he's, what he's done in this person's life. I see how blessed they are. I see the real impact of what God has done for this person. Right? And so it has to be a desire of our hearts, church, is to help others see that light and to see that truth. And that's why God wants to use us and for us to arise to the occasion because how does, how does God grow the kingdom of God? He's already done everything he's ever going to do. Do you know that? He came to earth, and he died on a cross, 
And that's a forever statement. His work is done. And so after that, now he puts his trust in the work of the kingdom of God to who? To us. How crazy, how upside down and backwards, right? So he's trust. I say it all. God trusts us way more than we ever trust him. He is trusting us with eternal things. So be faithful. He who is faithful with little, right, will be faithful with much. And so he's just waiting to bless you and to use you, and he wants you just to begin to say yes to them small things. Amen. Look at, look at Matthew 24, 42 through 44. Uh, and this is Jesus. He says, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. He's talking about the coming back of Christ, the second coming of Christ. He says, but understand this. <laughs> if the owner of the house had known what time of night the thief was going to come, he would have kept, he would have stayed up and kept watch and would not have let his house been broken into, right? If I would have told you that someone's going to break into your house tonight at 2 o'clock and steal everything that you own, I bet my bottom dollar you would be awake, you'd be a, a, arisen, you'd be waiting with the shotgun, right? I call my, I name all my guns, my shotguns, Miss Wanda. I'll be with, with Miss Wanda waiting ready. Would, would any of you not heed my advice? And would y'all just be sound asleep, just sleeping away the night? No, right? So in the same, Jesus, he uses parables, right? In the same, uh, the flip of the coin, us spiritually, if God every single day is saying, it's an opportunity for you to come and see the truth of my son, if you don't, you're going to die and go to hell. Because the thief, John 10, 10 says, speaking of the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you continue to say, no, I'll get right tomorrow, I'll get right tomorrow, when that time comes, what's going to happen? He is going to come in, steal, kill, and destroy everything of your life. Right? Verse 44 says, so you must also be what? Ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be waiting. Be expecting Jesus to come. Because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. He's going to come in a twink of an eye, it says, in a moment. And in that moment, grace is done. No more excuses. He's good with your excuses right now. He still loves you and your excuses. But you know, your excuses don't excuse you. <laughs> Did you know that? They make you feel better, right? And the enemy wants you to cozy up to your emotions and your feelings to keep you comfy. Comfy. Comfy is an enemy of God. It's enslaved us, the comforts that we have, the blessings that we have. We're so comfy that we forgot the commission to love on the broken, to say no to my flesh and yes to the spirit because that goes against your comforts. And God wants to use you and he says, be ready, because when I come, that's it, right? Lord showed me all these people out in the world. It breaks my heart. 
They think they know it all. I talked about this a little bit last week. If you think you know it all, you're going to miss God. And the world is out there just sleepwalking through life. Mind, I don't want to say dumb, mind controlled robots. The world is out there sleepwalking. Next time you go out to eat, begin to look around at the tables in the restaurant. No one's talking. Everybody's on their phone. I'm guilty of doing it. You go to Walmart, everybody's on their phones. Going to the next thing, doing the next thing. Y'all, the church is supposed to look different. A sleepwalking church is a dead church. I'll say that again. A sleepwalking church is a dead church. We're either alive in Christ or we're dead to sin. And Jesus is warning us. He's saying, be ready. Arise. Wake up. Get right with God. Be different. Stand out. Shine for my righteousness. The Lord showed me arising is a, it's a position. It's a posture. It's a it manifests externally, but it's a decision that I make in my spirit that says, today I'm getting up. And the enemy, you can throw punches, you can throw doubt, you can throw whatever you want, but I'm going to continue to get up and to stand up and to fight for righteousness, right? And when I, when I make that decision, when I posture myself that way, when I, when I position myself that way, God then can begin to use me. Right? Then he, he can begin to use us. And so I got four practical ways that we can say yes to God and that we can get up and that we can rise up every single day. And they're simple and they're easy to remember and I want to give them to you today. So let's look at that first one. It's something that we can do every single day. It's a choice I make. It's a decision I make. Right? And it's how I can begin to trust God and begin to follow God and, and, and to get up and be on purpose every single day. Right? The first one. Let's arise with faith. Not on Sunday mornings. Excuse me, not just on Sunday mornings. Come Sunday mornings with your faith to church, right? But get up and rise up with faith Monday morning. Tuesday morning, that Wednesday hump day, right? Everybody's, you're, you're checked out just waiting for Friday to come, right? You're not even seeing the blessing of Wednesday and Thursday where God has put you. You're overlooking all these days, these blessings, these opportunities, these occasions to arise to because you're checked out. You are what? Sleepwalking through the motions of life. Those precious moments with your family. Those precious still small moments as you maybe even driving to and from work. God says, I want to spend time with you. If that's the only 20 minutes you're going to give me, then shut the radio off. Stop listening to sports talk radio and, and spend some time with me, he says. When's the last time you just got still in the presence of God? Right? So let's wake up with faith. It's our faith is how we fight and overcome the tests and trials of life, right? Faith is, a, it's a small word, but it means so much. It's, a, it's our relationship with God. It's our, it's our daily reading of his word. It's our prayer life. It's how I war in the spirit. And, you know, I, I kind of bashed the world a little bit this morning, but it's, it's not a physical war, right? It's a spiritual war for that we're in church. And so we can't fight and win these battles in our flesh, and it's, it's our faith is how we fight these battles. 
Right? It's our faith on our knees in our prayer closets, uh, in our quiet times. Uh, the things that I'm saying and praying with my words and with my mouth, the things that I'm prophesying, things that have not yet happened that I'm believing to happen by faith. Right? So that's a rise with faith every single day. It's, it's an expectation of better things to come. We may be in the last days, but I know better things are, are to come. It's not without, without persecution. It's not without chaos. But it's going to be in a moment. It's going to be an occasion that I can rise to in Jesus' name. And if I rise to that, that test in Jesus' name, then I'll be blessed. I'll be blessed. All right? Look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Y'all know it. Y'all are super smart. What does it say? Now, faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not yet see. You've heard me say it. You have to speak by faith the things that you're believing God to do as though he's already done them, even though they have not yet happened. The healing you need to happen, you need to by faith pray and prophesy that it's coming, that it's happened and finished under the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name. And that does not make you a, a liar doing that, even though you're praying that every day and nothing may be changing right now. See, we serve a God of eternity, right? Right now for him is very different than right now for you and me. Does that make sense to you? And that's why God is always an on-time God. Because he's now forever. Uh, yet, he's, he's yesterday, today, and forevermore. And everything in between. And so when he answers that prayer, and all right now, it's always been now and yes in his name. And so the enemy wants to use that to pluck that seed of faith from you. And when he answers that prayer, nine out of ten times, when does it come? It comes at that last hour right that, that 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 last hour because he knows if he could do that for you when that when that happens you're never going to be talked out of that miracle you're never going to be talked out of giving God the glory for that miracle right and so that it's, it's going to come down to that your faith has to be you have to fan that flame of faith in your heart every single day we must believe God is always working on our behalf even when we can't see it or feel it you got to know it and believe it, right? you got to believe it. That even when you can't see it, I know he's still working. He's still working on me, right? He's still, Jesus Christ is on the case of your problem. The best lawyer blood can buy. <laughs> he shed his blood for your freedom, right? Look at that next one. Another thing we can do every day, we need to arise with purpose. We need to arise with faith. It has to start there. When you arise with faith, you'll begin to see that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And when you have purpose, you begin to walk out the things that you know you're called to do. You begin to live intentionally. You begin to see yourself as a child of God as you walk out your faith. Here's the cool thing the Holy Spirit gave me, a little statement. I never thought of it like this. I'm talking about being ready today, right? If I'm always prepared, Sunday through Sunday, always prepared, guess what? I don't ever have to get ready. <laughs> That's for free. You can write that down if you want. If you are always spiritually prepared, you don't ever have to get ready. 
because you're already ready. God has plans and a purpose for you. So every day, arise in that purpose. You have a circle of people that God has placed around you in your life. You have a circle of influence. And God wants you to to live in purpose. Live on purpose for him. Look at, I got two scriptures. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. Have you ever called somebody you didn't intend to call, like on your phone? Ah, uh, no crank calls, like when we were kids. Well, I guess you called with the purpose of making a crank call, right? You, you just don't call somebody without having a purpose of having something to say, right? God didn't make you, form you, fashion you for nothing. He called you for a specific purpose, right? We have to wake up. We can't be sleepwalking through life because he has a purpose and a plan for you. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He has prepared in advance for amazing things for you and for me to do. God has prepared to use you in advance. He has called you to live on purpose every day. Our choices by saying yes or saying no don't just affect our lives. It affects the kingdom of God. When I reject that that promise, when I reject the purpose of God, the kingdom of God suffers. When I reject the purpose and calling of God on my life, my family suffers. When I reject the purpose and promise of God on my life, the kingdom of God suffers. And if our prayer is for the world to get better, I believe the key for the world getting better is God using the church, right? So if I just stand back and complain, oh, the world's just a mess, oh, the world ain't getting better, and every single day I'm rejecting the promise and purpose of God in my life, I'm not helping the world get any better. Do you see that? I become a hypocrite. I don't have any room to complain because I'm not doing what God has called me to do. Does that make sense? And so we got to accept that. And we got to rise up in purpose every single day. I got to look past how I feel. I got to look past being tired. I heard the Lord say, People are stinking tired. They're tired. God's still with you. He's still with you. Don't use that as an excuse to stay down. The enemy is using that against you. It's okay to be tired. But you know what his word says? In my weakness, he's made strong. So if you feel that way, that's okay. That's an indicator that maybe your life's out of balance. What's your quiet time life? What's your quiet time on the daily look like? Are you spending time with God? That's where you start. And if you're saying, I'm spending time with God, I'm doing all the right things, but I'm just tired, then okay. It's okay, but God wants you to know he's still with you, right? In your weakness, he can be made strong. If in that place, in that moment, you trust him and nothing else, you can experience breakthrough. Amen? 
Look at the next one. Let's arise and be sober on the daily. And I don't just mean abstain from drugs and alcohol. You better not be doing those things, especially if you're here serving at Liberty Church. Because we are a recovery church, right? I come from addiction, come from recovery. When God set me free, I want to stay free. And so I'm talking about, it's, it's, you can lump that into this, but it's more of a, it's more of a mindset. Because when I'm awake, I, I'm sober. I'm aware, I'm focused of what's really going on, right? And the world wants to gloss over everything that's really, somebody say really, going on. It's all used to deceive and to keep you bound and to, to use you to buy their products and to, and to keep you lumped into categories, social media scores, uh, credit scores. You are a tool for the, for the greater world order, I guess, so to speak. And so you need to be sober and awake and focused on what's really going on in the spiritual warfare. Right? Because you'll miss it if you're not sober. Right? Look at, um, so we must, we got to be even keeled, guys, uh, and aware. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 through, 4 through 9. It says, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are the children of the light and the children of the day. You are the children of the light and day, church. Excuse me, we do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, the rest of the world, right? But let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep when? At night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober putting on what? Faith. And putting on love as a breastplate for the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through Jesus Christ. If you're a born-again believer, God called you out of the darkness into the light. He called you out of the night into the day. And, you know, reverie and debauchery and drunkenness and wickedness generally happens at nighttime. And I have a testimony where the Lord's brought me. I, I used to live my life that way, at parties, doing things. They used to say nothing good ever happens after 11 o'clock, right? And it never did. Just chasing the next high, the next relationship, whatever it was. When God called me out of that, he called me out of that for a specific purpose. The Lord was showing me when you come out of that, he begins to, to awaken you to the truth of God. I, I began to change my mind and I have a sober mind, a, a focused mind. Sober is under control living, a, a gentle living. What is, what is drunkenness? It's the exact opposite of that, right? It's out of control. It's out of control living. And, and I live my life that way for a long time. Just out of control, oblivious to everything going on. And what's amazing is when you have a sober life and you live led by the Spirit of God, you live under His influence. Not under the influence anymore. Right? Y'all can be honest. Who's ever been drunk in here? Look at all them hands. Redeemed in Jesus' name, right? Remember all the crazy things you would do or you used to, could do under the influence? That drug, that alcohol influenced what? Your behavior. 
you would do things you never would have done sober, right? Because you were under the influence. When I got born again, I live now under his influence. And guess what? Ian does crazy, amazing things that Ian could never do by himself. Because I'm living under the influence of the power and the presence of God. Come on, somebody. And you can do the same thing. Right? There's power living under his influence. And he wants to use you. And you can do things that you never thought you could do apart from yourself. When you choose him and choose his ways and choose a sober uh, mindset every day when we wake up and we rise up. Amen? Look at that last one. We need to, we need to, we need to rise. We need to be sober. We need to be on purpose. We need to have faith. And this last one is when we do those things, we need to rise up and we need to do something. We need to actually, by faith, get to step in. We need to rise up and act. Act. Our thoughts, our words, our beliefs must be manifested. I can't just say the right things, can't just post the right things, can't just think the right things. I actually have to do the things. Right? James 2, 21 through 22. I love this. It says, Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac up to the altar? And I can't even imagine doing that, being a dad. Was Xander, like, by faith, getting ready to sacrifice my son? It's all spiritual. It was all symbolic of the sacrifice of Jesus, right? But I, Abraham was about to do this by faith. He says, you see that his faith and his actions were working together. He didn't just say and believe and think. He actually began to do something. And his faith was made complete. Somebody say complete. By what he did. I want you to underline that. What he did. Not what he thought. Not what he said. Not what he confessed that he says he believes in. But by what he actually did. And when he actually, by faith, got to step in, God met him. And provided the sacrifice. And both were saved and both were blessed. Right? James 2.26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds or works, y'all know it, is what? Dead. My faith, if I don't do something about what I say I believe in, is null and void. It's dead. The world suffers. I got a simple equation for you. It's super simple to remember. It's really easy. Am I living by faith? Am I operating by faith? It's so simple. We just read it, right? It's faith plus actions equals works. Am I living for God? Oh, I believe in God. Okay. So what are you doing every day that proves that you, say, that you believe in God? What are your actions? If they come together, your faith is made complete, and it equals works. It equals signs. It equals wonders. It equals miracles. Maybe not like big, crazy things that the world can see and recognize, but that you can see and recognize in your heart of hearts, in your family, in your relationships, in your own spiritual condition, in your own breakthrough. Your faith plus your works equals, your faith and your action plus actions equals your works. And you're made complete. Amen? Look at that last point. I love this. So when we believe in God, when we respond by His Spirit and arise in His name on the daily, amazing things will happen. If you by faith begin to live out your relationship with God. You'll see signs, you'll see wonders, you'll see miracles, amazing things 
will begin to happen. When we believe, when we act, when we get up, when we rise up, God wins. He wins. He wins in your life. He wins in your heart. He wins in your mind. He wins. He wins. The enemy may, may try to de deceive you into thinking that you're losing, but you're not. You're winning. And I, look at Luke 5, 23 through 25. So this is Jesus about getting ready to enact in a miracle, right? He's getting ready to heal a, a paralyzed man. It says, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk? I want you to highlight that or underline that if you're following along today. Get up and walk by faith. Verse 24, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. I want to stop there for a moment. I don't want to undermine what actually happened in this passage of Scripture because a miracle happened. A paralyzed man literally got up in Jesus' name and arose up, healed. That actually happened. But to kind of spiritualize this for us this morning, because I believe all of us can are blessed to walk this morning. We probably take that for granted until you can't do that. But the Lord just showed me we may not be physically paralyzed, but the world is paralyzed. Christians are paralyzed by doubt, by fear by stress, by anxiety. And when I'm paralyzed, it moves me to a place of not moving. And you're stuck. And, and, you know, when you're stuck, you don't arise. When you're stuck, you don't get up. When you're stuck, you don't stand up. When you're stuck, you don't fight. You're paralyzed. And so God is saying... If you can believe and respond by His Spirit and arise in His name, signs, miracles, and wonders can happen. Because look at verse 25. It says, immediately, somebody say immediately, He stood up. The paralyzed man was blessed. He had to believe first, but I believe he believed. He heard what Jesus said. And he, by faith, believed. And he, by faith, got up. And he was healed. It says, in, he said, he stood up in front of them, looked what he had been lying on, and went, or grabbed what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled in awe. They were amazed by God, filled in awe. And they all said, we have seen remarkable things today. When we get up and do what God says, we will see and experience amazing things. And if we're trying to invite others, the world will see and recognize the amazing things. When you believe, when you do what God says, and you arise in his name, amazing things will happen in your life, I promise you. You'll feel better. You'll experience breakthrough. You'll have this peace that no one can steal. Jesus said, I come to bring a peace that doesn't come from the world. A peace that the world can't touch. Come on, somebody. 
That's the peace I want. That's the grace I want. Amen. That's what I want in my life for my son and my unborn baby that's on the way. I want you to do something for me. Come here. Bow your heads and get to a place of, of intimacy with him, however you like to pray. If you want to bow your head or close your eyes or you just want to just sit there, just listen to my voice. What I want to do is I feel like the Lord wanted to shake things up a little bit today. I normally do an altar call and invite somebody who's never made that decision for Christ to do that today. And you can still do that today, but what I want to do is collectively, I feel like the Lord said to inspire, invite, and challenge the church almost to make like a pledge of allegiance by faith to Jesus Christ this morning. So I want to ask you, if you're here this morning or you're watching us online and you want to say, you know what, Pastor Ian, I heard what you had to say. I can recognize the world's a mess and I want God to use me and I want to stand out I want to be different, and I want to be blessed. I want to go to heaven one day. I want all the good things from God. If you want to do all these things right now, I want to invite you to arise. Jesus arrived so that you could get up, so that you could arise. So if you want to say yes to Jesus today, I want you to stand up right now all across this place. If you say, Pastor Ian, I'm going to stand up, not just on Sunday mornings. I'm going to stand up come Monday morning. Hallelujah, the church is standing. People I can trust, people I can fight with in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, keep standing. If you want to stay the same, you stay put. Hallelujah. I want, Lord, I want you to lift your hands in this place. Father God, I thank you for all these folks who by faith are standing, who are going to say yes to God and no to sin. They're going to say yes by faith and no to doubt. God, they're going to minister in and operate in the full giftings, the five-fold ministry gifts, God. Teaching, preaching, evangelism. Father God, prophet, prophecy, Father God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you bless us with all these things so that we can change the world around us. God, not for our own uh, glory, but for yours. For your glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for who you are. Father, God, be with us as we go. Thank you that you go before us. Thank you that you're our rear guard, our foreguard. You have warring angels around us, helping us, leading us, and guiding us every single day. So I ask all these by faith. I ask it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.